0: Welcome to the Crosswalk Church podcast in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, this morning we're talking about loneliness. And this is a this is a time of the year. Oh my goodness. Do you know the loneliness that is out there in our world, particularly at this time of year? This week I have uh, some some house guests. They're sitting out here. I'm not going to point them out. You know, I want them to kind of be secret. Both of them are ex-cops. And uh, we were sitting around and they were asking me, so so what are you going to be preaching about this weekend? And so I was sharing with them, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about loneliness. And they said, wow. You know, when we were cops, one of the busiest nights of the year was Christmas Eve. And it's amazing how on this night when we have, all these, we have all these pictures built up in our mind, right? And expectations of this family event. And we're going to get together and it's going to be happiness and joy and community and family and all. Oh, it's just we, this vision in our mind of how it's all going to be. And then sometimes it's just, eh. Or worse, when these guys were were called out, often it was fighting, domestic, violence. Maybe even the first step in a divorce on Christmas Eve. And the loneliness that we can experience. And you know, I think, that that's not reserved only For Christmas Eve, but it is a it is especially an important question at times like this. I want you to think about things that make you lonely. What what are the things in life that make you feel alone? You know, sometimes for me it's um, it's when I feel like I might be the only one who knows what I'm going through. I'm the only one that really understands what it is to be a pastor. And I get into that little mode, you know. No one else really understands what it is to walk every day. Now, you probably have those things too, right? My, my two buddies, the cops, I'm sure there were times when they went home, and even in their own house, they felt lonely because they would feel probably, and I didn't ask them this, I'm just, I'm just surmising my wife and my kids really don't get what I have to go through every day. And they're sitting right at their own kitchen table going, here I am, I'm this cop, but they don't, They can't, and how can they? They're not out there on the street with them every day, right? Sometimes, don't you know that we feel the most lonely when we're surrounded by other people? That we would love to have understand us at some deep level, and yet we can't quite get over that, that, I get people to understand me. What about the times when maybe for many years a certain special person has filled your need for friendship, connection, love, kindness. And then one day you wake up and find out they're gone. And through that, that kind of really deep loneliness, the kind of loneliness that often happens to people when they've gone through a divorce, or the loss of a parent, or the empty nest syndrome. You know, as empty nesters ourselves right now, I remember all the times when my kids were running through the house, making a lot of noise, Each one of them seemingly having a dozen friends over all at once. And going, I can't wait until there's some peace and quiet around this house. And now sometimes I find myself thinking, it's just too quiet around here. There's all kinds of reasons why we might feel lonely. But what I... What I want to do today is talk to you about God's solution to loneliness. And of course, as you well know, God's solution to loneliness begins with understanding that you are like a Lego. Right? You know that, right? That's something that everyone who knows. I'm seeing a lot of very dull stares coming back at me. Well, have you ever watched um, like a two or three-year-old try to put Legos together? And uh, they're they're just trying to figure this thing out, right? Because they don't understand that these little bumps on here—maybe I'll use the big one—these are the connectors, right? And then on the back side of the Lego, you've got the place that you can plug it into. But, but little ones don't often understand, you know, how does this work? And they struggle and they get frustrated because they're not quite sure, how can I connect these? And I, I think sometimes that happens to us in life too, is we don't really understand that like Legos, God has given us this, this amazing, look at all these colors, this amazing variety of people that we could potentially be connecting to. But we're in the pit of loneliness, right? We're in this deep, dark pit of loneliness, and so we're struggling to figure out how do I connect to someone else or three or four someone else's? Well, here's here's something that I... um, that I want us to read together this morning that I think is going to help us understand what can we do when we feel lonely. Let's let's open up to John chapter 15. Jesus was an amazing friend. And the connections that he made with his disciples and that he encouraged them, in some of his very last words to them, to make with one another, are a beautiful comfort and lesson to us. So John chapter 15, if you didn't bring your Bible along this morning, would you do me a favor? Just uh, reach inside your bulletin folder. There's a a white sheet that looks like this. And on the top it says, why do I feel so alone? John chapter 15, I'm going to start reading at verse 12. My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything. That I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will ask you, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love one another. Here's what I want to talk to you about today in just very simple form. I want to talk about three connectors, three bumps that we can use in our life to connect with others and get rid of the loneliness that is so prevalent in so many of our lives. And I'm going to list them right up front for you. You can put them down there in your crosswalk notes. They're the bullet points. And then I'll come back up to the top. You'll notice I'm skipping a couple blanks. But here's what we're connected to one another by. We're connected to one another by faith, by friendship, and by fruits. Now let me go back up to the top and give you those fill-ins. Many people are lonely because they don't understand the nature of their connections. Or if you want to think of it as a Lego of your connectors. However, you want to put it in there. They they don't understand the nature of their connections. We are all far more connected to others than we know, than we understand or realize. And we're going to delve into those three points of connection and how we are more connected to others than we know in just a moment. But one more uh, amazing thought on loneliness. I picked this quote up, Loneliness is the most abject poverty that a man or woman can know. Think about that quote for a second. what we 're talking about today is not a light problem, and it it certainly doesn't deserve to get glossed over in any way when when you have a quote that tells you how serious this problem of poverty, uh, of loneliness, really it is. That it is the most abject poverty that any man or woman can ever know. And that's why it's so important for us to really hear about these three things. Faith, and friendship, and fruits, and how they can help us connect to others. I really believe that loneliness is not the absence of affection but it is the absence of direction. i want to say that again because I think that's probably a key point for this morning. Loneliness is not the absence of affection. It is the absence of direction. In other words, if you want to go back to the pit metaphor, when you find yourself being lonely, it's probably less about you being in a pit and more about you being in a maze. And if we could learn to think about our loneliness not as being stuck down in a pit, but more like being in a maze and having to ask ourselves, okay, what direction do I need to go to work my way through the maze of loneliness? Then I think we could really be helped by that. And those three points, faith, friendship, and fruits, are sort of the guiding posts that can lead us through the maze of loneliness. Loneliness is not the absence of affection. It is the absence of direction. It's not a pit. It's a maze. Now imagine, going back to John chapter 15, that you have just spent three years with the Savior. And to set the scene a little bit of of why Jesus is saying these things, all these 12 that jesus has gathered with him in an upper room and that he's speaking to him to them have been following him day after day for three years and you know and i know that as i said earlier jesus is the most amazing friend anyone could ever have but here in this upper room he's telling them for the umpteenth time it's my time now he's been telling them this now he's saying this is it I am going back to the father and I'm leaving you and you're not going to have my physical presence with you day after day anymore. And do you notice what he says? I'm physically disconnecting from you. I'll I'll still be with you. You know, all those promises that, that God makes to continue to be with his disciples. But now he also says, I want you to love one another. Check it out. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is verse 9, right before our text. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love the way... That God says there, even though I'm returning to the Father, you can still remain in my love. Do you know all the awesome promises that God has made to you? That he is with you? Jesus said to his disciples, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I put a beautiful quote in your crosswalk notes. Pull out your crosswalk notes. Look at what Look at what this says. This is the apostle Paul writing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The first step to finding your connector is to find the love that God always has for you. That he promises in that passage, nothing can separate you from. It's the very reason why Jesus tells his disciples, now remain in my love. The very foundational level of connecting is to connect first and foremost with God through Jesus Christ, to remain in his love. This whole chapter is really about that. If you look back to John chapter 15, verse 1, it's Jesus saying, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Connect first to me. Now, what are the things that keep us being connected to God? What are the two things... That most often keep people from deeply connecting to God through Jesus Christ. You know what I think they are? In my years of experience, here's what I've learned. Number one is guilt and shame. We've done something wrong. We know we've done something wrong. Our conscience is troubling us over it. We recognize that God calls that a sin. I've literally seen people, we just had 201 people coming up here presenting themselves as communicant members. I've literally seen people start to back off from coming to communion, to back off from coming to church, because they've done something they know is not right in the sight of God, and it just, it hurts too much to come and confront that Honestly. And so because that unrepented sin is weighing on their hearts, they start to back off from God, and they lose that connection. That's why Jesus says, remain in my love. You know what I think the other one is? The other thing that often distances us in our relationship, in relationship with God? In a word, disappointment. When we're disappointed with God... We have an expectation that God is going to do something for us to fill some gap or hole in our life, to to create some pathway through things in life. And and something comes up in our life and it just slams us from the side like we've been checked in a Coyotes game. And we're like, God, God. Why are you letting that happen? Aren't I your child? And we become disappointed with God. And, and we, we struggle to understand God. Those two things. Maybe some of you today are struggling with one of those two things. I don't know. But if you are, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has said to you, now remain in my love. Remember what we just sang? My grace is enough. That's exactly what he said to the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul was on the brink of disappointment with God. Paul said, take this thorn away from me. And God's answer to Paul was, my grace is sufficient for you. So here's our first point. If we want to tackle loneliness in our lives, we have to first pay attention to the connector called faith. And faith is simply this, resting in these promises of God's steady, constant, faithful love. Resting in this, in this knowledge that Jesus wants you to remain in his love. By faith in Jesus Christ... You are connected to him. You know that I'm fond of um, talking about God's grace upon his grace upon his grace. I love God's grace. And this is an instance, this whole instance of loneliness, in which there is grace upon grace. Because truly... God's grace is sufficient. It's enough. It's enough. It's all that we need. But typical of our God, he says, I know that's enough. It's all you really need, but I'm going to give you more. It's God. And if he were running a commercial, he he would be saying exactly that. But wait, there's more. And the next thing that he does is he says, even though what I have for you, my friendship, my grace is enough, I want you to have each other. I want you to have friendship. I want you to have deep connection with another human being. And I know many of us in life struggle with, how can I I have a deep connection with another human being? And I'm going to talk to you very practically about that in just a moment. But first, let's dig back into John 15 and see where Jesus says this. Notice him talking. He says, I want you to remain in me. But in verse 12, which is the first verse I read to you earlier, he says this. My command is this now, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for, for his friends. And it's interesting, a couple of things that Jesus teaches us about what friendship is in these verses. You notice right there he teaches you something? You want to be a friend? You ready to lay some things down? You ready to to actually maybe even put your life on the line for someone else? The way Jesus did for all of us? There's another pretty cool thing in here about friendship. Look at um, verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now that might, at first blush, sound a little bit harsh. It's only if you do what I tell you to do that you're my friends. But here's what Jesus is really saying. He's saying that when we're friends with him, he wants our respect. He wants us to listen to the things that he has for us in his commandments, not for his own sake because he's a controlling friend, but because he knows that if we follow his commands, it's us that are going to get the blessing. All of God's commands are simply his love coming to us and saying, if you live this way, you're going to experience so much blessing, you're not going to know what to do with it. So he says... Respect me and listen to me. That's something to know about friendship, even amongst each other, right? Listen to verse 15. Here's another thing about friendship. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. True, deep friends have an authenticity and a transparency right? And that's what Jesus is saying. I've been authentic. I've been transparent. Everything that the father gave to me, I haven't held anything back. I've shared it all with you. Say it'd be different if you were servants. I'd just say do this or do that, but we'd never truly share a relationship at a deep level. There wouldn't be any transparency or authenticity. So now let's talk a little bit about the friendships that, that we have. It, you know, it's not always easy to connect with another person, is it? We're like the little three-year-old trying to figure out how do these Legos fit together. And, and that's why here at Crosswalk, we've tried to make some very practical, easy ways for you to connect with someone who's a brother or sister in Christ. And and here's where I want to get very practical. Because I know that at this stage in crosswalks existence, we were once, and that once was not so very long ago, a very small church. And everybody knew each other well. Those of you who are here during that period, basically Crosswalk was just a kind of an extended growth group. But for God's reasons, he's allowed us to grow now to that point. And it, it would be easy for someone to come in here and A, remain anonymous, or B, want to connect And go, I I can't figure out. I don't know how to make a friend here. And I want you to know from me, the pastor, that's not what we want you to experience at Crosswalk. First of all, I want to talk to the veterans here. We all who have been here for a while need to keep working at connecting with the people that we don't know. We need to stop worrying about whether or not that's some person I I met before and I don't remember their name. Or All that is just truly garbage. Forget about it. If you don't know someone or if you've forgotten their name, just reach out your hand again and go, I want to get to know you better. Okay? For those of you who've been here for a while and aren't connected yet, let me make some really practical suggestions. Number one, and this is far above all else, is join a growth group. This is one of the largest Legos right here. It's got 16 connectors. A growth group is a great place to find connections, and yet not too many and not too few. You know, I really believe that there's another way that we're similar to a Lego. In terms of deep relationships, really authentic relationships where we're transparent with one another, there's probably only so many people that we're going to get to that level with, right? After that, you're going to be friendly, you're going to be nice, you're going to be polite, but probably... You're not going to really connect at a deep level. That's the beauty of a growth group. Most of our growth groups are 8, 9, 10, 12, maybe at most 16 people. A great size... For you to get in and connect with someone and experience life together. That's the way God wants it to be. That you have others that you can experience life together with. And just real quick, I'm going to reel off a couple of other practical things. Class system. We just graduated a class. If you haven't gone to a class system class, you spend 12 weeks in a class with, with some other people who are new here at Crosswalk. It's an amazing way. To get connected. There are from time to time little events that we have at Crosswalk. Come on around and and join us at one of those events. Be willing, even if we're maybe missing you a little bit, to put your foot forward and find that way to connect with others. Know from the bottom of my heart that if you're new here or if you're in that middle ground where you haven't connected, I as the pastor of this church and many of the veteran members of this church, I know this for sure. They want to connect with you. And if you're brand new here, this is the last point. I guess really it's just an extension of, that final point be willing to put your hand out too. we'd love to get to know you so here's our second point our second point is by friendship you are connected to other christ followers notice what jesus says in john 13 i put it in your in your crosswalk notes A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You ever been one of those situations where you're waiting to be picked for the team? And everybody's getting picked ahead of you? I was kind of a scrawny little kid. I remember those times where I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until the very last person to be picked. It's it's not a great feeling. And sometimes even in a church, even in a church that's committed to connecting to one another, we can still feel lonely. And that's why I want to talk about this final point very briefly and look at John chapter 15 look at verse 16 Jesus said to his disciples you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last do you know that even some of the early apostles had struggles with one another at times St. Paul the Apostle, and his good friend, probably for a while someone he would have called his best friend, a guy by the name of Barnabas, means son of encouragement. How do you get into an argument with a guy named son of encouragement? But Paul and him, got, they, they, they got into an argument, and they had to go separate ways. But what they never stopped doing, neither Paul nor Barnabas, was reaching out to the world around them, right? And they never ceased to realize that one of my connectors is the fact that God has given me the gift of being able, by the Spirit's power, to produce fruit In my life. And that fruit, if I produce it, will attract others and give me a chance to serve them and love them and share the message of Jesus Christ with them, even maybe especially those who don't know Jesus yet. What an amazing ability we have to connect with others, even in the world around us, if we recognize the fruits that the Spirit will produce in us. What am I talking about? Well, look at Galatians 5, and 23. I put this in your crosswalk notes. What are these fruits that can help us connect with the world around us? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. Do you have friends in your life that practice even just a few of those fruits that bear just some of those spirit-induced fruits in their lives? Don't you find those people like magnetic and attractive? Don't you want to get to know them better? Because... And I know people in the world say this to themselves. They go, look at that person. They're, they're loving. They're filled with joy. They're so patient. They're kind and they're good. Whatever it is they have, I want me some of that. And that's what you can do to connect with people around you. That's why Jesus says, you're not waiting in line to be chosen anymore. You didn't choose me. I already chose you. And I did more than choose you. I appointed you. You know that word appointment, right? That means for something important. I appointed you for an important task. To bear fruit. Love, joy, patience, all those fruits. And when you do that, when you powered by the Spirit, produce that fruit, you're going to be amazed at the connections you can make with people all around you. But now, last thing that I want to say, and then I'm going to do a, a little poem that kind of summarizes all of this. We connect to God through Christ by faith. That's one of our connectors. We connect to fellow believers through offering our our love and our friendship to them by putting the first foot forward. We connect to the whole wide world by producing those fruits that Jesus talks about, that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. But do you know where all of that comes from, really? Well, we just talked about it, didn't we? It's the fruit of the what? The fruit of the what? So I want you to think about your prayer life. Are you asking God, increase my faith? Are you going and saying, Holy Spirit, let me be a better friend. So often we wait for somebody to fill in our pit instead of looking to wind our way through the maze. And do we go to the Holy Spirit and say, Spirit, direct me to someone who needs a friend. Help me find in this maze someone who needs me to fill their pit. And do we go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I'm struggling producing these these fruits. Man, I look at these fruits sometimes and I go, love, joy, peace, patience. I'm busy, I'm harried, I'm troubled, I'm sorrowful, I'm whatever. Where am I going to get that from? Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. Where am I going to get that? Check your prayer life. Go to God and say, God, would you give it to me? One of my house guests that I mentioned earlier shared a poem that I think capsulizes all of this, and I'm going to use it to sort of bring this whole message to an end. It's a, it's a poem about riding tandem with God on a bike. And it really brings home this point. We want faith to connect to Christ. We want friendship to connect to one another. We want fruits to connect to the world around us. It all comes When we ride together with God in Jesus Christ. Listen to this poem. When I first met Christ, it seemed as though life was rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike. And I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places. But life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. That reminds me of our little motto. Does it remind you of that? Live the adventure at crosswalk? Even though it looked like madness, he said, Pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer, and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. He said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did. I gave them to the people we met, and I found that in giving, I received. And still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life. I thought he'd wreck it. But he knows bike secrets, knows how to make it bend to take sharp corners, knows how to jump to clear high rocks, knows how to fly to shorten scary passages. And I am learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places and i'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful constant companion jesus christ and when i'm sure i just can't do any more he just smiles and says pedal faith and friendship and fruits You're like a Lego, but you have some amazing connectors, especially if we're willing just to get on that tandem bike and ride through life with Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I am at times lonely. And Lord, I I know that when I've been lonely in the past, there are times when I have looked up to you and I've blamed you for that. I've, I've said, Lord, how come you won't give me someone that I can connect with at some deep level? How come you won't give me someone that truly understands me? Lord, I want you to remind me in this coming week that it's not always about an absence of affection when I feel lonely. But it is, at times, an absence of me understanding my true direction in life. Help me wind my way through the maze, Lord. And give me these gifts that you offer so wonderfully. Give me faith to cling to your love and know that for sure your love for me will never end. You are with me always to the very end of the age. Give me friendship that I can pour out on brothers and sisters in Christ and get to know them better and share at a deep level authentically and transparently with them. Help me to think about maybe joining a growth group. Lord, finally, put your spirit on my heart so that I produce the fruit that you talk about in Galatians 5. Help me to produce that fruit so that whether a person's a believer or not a believer, if it's just my neighbor, someone in the world around me, I can connect and they can connect and we can become friends. Lord God, Heavenly Father, fill my needs for companionship. Truly, your grace is enough. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.